so hello, my name is Erin. I'm the president of BGSU and I'm here with Jordan, the vice president of BGSU and our special special guest, the pro vice chancellor of the university, Rob Bose. So this is Venti, our brand new podcast where we chat about student issues. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Jordan now. Uh, hello. Yeah. So in this uh, podcast, we're going to talk about um, an issue that's come up recently, which is um, uh, the uh, student safety net, um, which was um, which was put in place at the end of last year, uh, and um, we've had emails from several students um, regarding the safety net because uh, there, there's a feeling that because of how this year is going, that there should be a reinstatement of the safety net. Uh, so, uh, just for a little bit of context, uh, Rob, uh, feel free to to kind of add in anything that I'm saying. Um, the safety net policy, uh, the safety net last year was uh, brought in through the force majeure regulations, uh, which basically meant, uh, it was basically there to reduce the negative impact that the campus closure um, had on students' final um, uh, final gradings uh, in their dissertation, in, not in their in their, um, in their final gradings uh, for for their course, uh, so it was specifically used for third years and second years, uh, and it basically meant that um, uh, that once it got to kind of the board examiner stage of um, of the uh, uh, of the of the grading process, which is right at the end of the year, um, uh, the board of examiners would look at. Um, a student's uh, grades for their first semester um, assignments and their second semester assignments and if they could see that there was a negative impact of the campus closure due to the uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic um, the first semester um, uh, marks would would kind of the second semester smart some second semester marks wouldn't be counted towards their final average it would only be uh, those grades from the first semester is that right rob um slightly a bit more nuanced than that so for, in terms of the grade so we looked at uh for those students who are completing their degrees we looked at um what had been their average grade from the first semester prior to any COVID impact and then we looked at the modules um, and the grades of the modules in the second semester, which obviously had happened whilst um, uh, we'd gone to, as you say, camp campus closure and, and online learning only. Um, for any modules in the second semester which performed worse than the first semester average, we replaced those grades, um, substituted those that average into those grades in those modules which were worse. But for modules which actually performed better than the semester one average um, in semester two, those grades were retained. So nobody was able to go down um, scoring semester to a grade worse than, than what they'd already, um, the average they achieved prior to COVID. But for those modules in semester two that did score better, those better scores were, were retained in the calculation. Excellent, uh, thank you. Uh, so I think Erin has had a few questions from students. So do you want to, should we move on to those? Um, before we move over to the questions, um, we're just going to ask Rob to explain um, why the university have chosen not to use the safety net at this point in the year, um, if that's OK with you, Rob. Yeah, no problem. So um, just really to finish off what 
was, was talking with Jordan about. Um, so for those students, say, who were at level five last year um, and their marks will can count towards their degree classification, we will still look at the relative performance of last year's modules um, in terms of the semester two marks that they got last year. Um, those modules that were replaced by um, the, the average for their unaffected uh, modules will, will still will still be applied um, to to complete their classifications. Um, but for this year, um, in terms of any modules that are completed this year, um, started and completed this academic year, we are not looking to introduce the, the, the safety net position at this point in time. Um, if, if for those who were with the university last year, um, the, the university, and I think the sector as a whole, recognises that um, it was a, an extreme position. Jordan said himself said, you know, last year we were faced with campus closure. So in the space, I think it was about, we had about two weeks notice, government guidance indicates that students should be uh, moving away from campus if possible. Um, so we had to very rapidly um, move to complete online learning, which for most of our programmes is, is something which we've not done in the past. Um, so tutors and students had to really get used to um, doing learning and teaching uh, completely online, completely away from the campus. Uh, campus facilities were closed, the library uh, was not open um, on, on, on campus, professional support services weren't available on campus as, as students had moved away. Um, so from a learning and teaching point of view, we was in a very different and new position, um, extreme position last year um, in semester two. Equally, the general context, um, you know, uh, students were telling us um, great anxiety um, about completing their studies, uh, they they were obviously having taken caring responsibilities because um, mature students uh, student uh, pupils were um, back at home not in school um, having to looking after uh, children uh, those sorts of things um, there was no testing last uh, this sort of situation last year um, in semester two therefore if, if students um, indicated that they were ill um, it wasn't able to sort of get a test and and confirm. Uh, they were just told to to self isolate, and obviously that caused anxiety as well. So that that was really the context. And as Jordan said, you know, the, the, the campus was effectively shut. We'd moved to online learning, something very different and something very new. So what's changed this time round? Um, again, I think like most of the the, the university sector, um, there's there's a number of things that have changed. First of all. We have experience of semester two last year, both from student point of view and also from the teaching staff point of view. Um, we've reflected on that experience. What could we do better? Um, I mean, staff and students did a great job to complete their studies and to achieve what they needed to achieve. And when we look at, at last year's grades, they're, they're, so they're in line with, um, in terms of the graduating cohorts, they're in line with what um, had been the previous year. So that in some ways was, was, was a great effort um, to actually complete the studies. And importantly, throughout this, we, we said we want students to complete their modules, complete their learning outcomes. What we didn't want is a graduating cohort to be seen as, oh, that's the COVID year. They've not really done all their studies or they've missed out on, um, you know, not completed all of the programme. That's not the case with, with us. Um, all the modules had to be completed. All the learning outcomes had to be achieved, but we did have those, those safety net measures. Um, this year, 
we've learned from that experience. We have done lots of staff development. So we had a learning and teaching conference over the summer for tutors to share best practice across the subject areas about how to do online learning um, better. We identified in June that we'd be going to a blended learning approach so it wouldn't be completely online again. And obviously um, we've restarted the academic year as, as, a, as a blended approach. That means that as a student community have, have got used to online learning supported with blending um, and have got 10 weeks. Most most programs now have had 10 weeks under their belt of, of online learning in parallel with with the in-person learning as well. And again, when we we asked colleagues to devise their blended learning program, we did you know, make it clear that there might be times in the year when we had to change the balance of the blend from perhaps more remote learning and less in-person learning, or perhaps optimistically thought it might start to improve, and hopefully it will start to improve um, next next uh, semester with um, perhaps vaccines and, 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 and coming through um, eventually in the spring. Um, so there was always that idea that we might have to adjust the proportion of blended and, and uh, the, the blend of learning between remote and online and um, in-person in learning. Um, Obviously, this year with testing, um, and and you know, students are able, um, and are sort of we look at numbers every day. We monitor the situation. Students are declaring on on the forms that if they have suspected symptoms, um, the majority of those are negative. Test negatively. Essentially, you know, two, three, or four days. Um, students are able then to sort of say, actually, I've, I've, I've got a negative test and can therefore resume in-person sessions again. Um, so the context has, has, has really changed dramatically, and I think our learning and teaching delivery has, 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 is not in the same place. Um, so, so for those reasons, and I think you know, ourselves and, and, and we've looked across the sector, and, and the sector at the moment isn't bringing back um, a sort of a safety net principle because we're in a very different, we are in a different situation. Um, we've delivered blended learning. Um, tutors and, and students are used to online learning. It's been a much more planned and measured response. Essentially, we're seeing this as the new norm this year. Um, now, if individual student has um, a, a specific set of circumstances, then again, they can then talk to us in the normal ways about extensions, about extenuating circumstances claims, or if it's a, a very prolonged ongoing situation, then they can talk to us about support to study um, plans, which will sort of elongate the um, the, the uh, submission of, of, of assessments you know, over, over a longer period of time. So I think that's why the university is in its current position at the moment is not looking to bring in a safety net principle at the moment. Does that answer your question, Erin? Uh, yes, it does. Thank you, Rob. Um, so I think we'll move on to questions now, if that's OK. I do have two questions myself. I don't know if you've got any questions, Jordan. Uh, not at the moment, no. I think um, Rob's covered it pretty well, but I think we should move over to those questions that you from students. Yeah, so did you want to answer the student questions first or my two questions first? Sorry. Whatever. No, no, no Whatever. Okay, so the first question from the student is what will be happening this year with the safety net? I believe that you've already covered that, but if there's anything else you, you wanted to say. Um... No, I, I say obviously we sent out a communication on Friday um, and that sort of covered, I think, sort of the principle that 
you know, we don't see the, the situation at the moment as extreme as it was, um, as, as Jordan said, you know, shutting the campus last time. Clearly, we've gone through a, a, a period of in, in England of national restrictions. But again, the campus has remained open. There's been blended learning continuing. Um, obviously, from the 30th of November, so next Monday, um, we are moving to remote learning, and that's to facilitate students being able to move, travel home if, if their term time addresses is in Lincoln and their family addresses um, for the vacation is in a different part of the country. So that's to facilitate that. But again, this is all within the context of a, of a different situation, a situation which has been much more planned. And I would hope, you know, we've been delivering online learning, which students have been able to get used to. They can still access the library um, in terms of uh, remotely, and, and that's why we, we we don't at the moment see a need to 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 adopt a safety net principle. Now, if the situation suddenly deteriorates and um, a set of circumstances are comparable to, to to last time, then the university will will review that situation at that point in time in, in time. Um, but at the moment, we, we, we don't see the need for that safety net principle. The key thing, as we reiterated last year, is students need to you know, um, engage with the, the online learning, you know, um, especially obviously for the, the three weeks before um, Christmas when we're moving to online learning only, engaging that online learning, engage with the learning materials that are in the library available online, um, and, 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 and importantly, you know, prepare and, and deliver um, or submit the, the, the assignments on time um, and in the appropriate way. And then that gives us the best opportunity for everybody to understand what learning has taken place and, 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 and therefore you know, confident in the set of grades that we, 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 give, we give students. Thank you. Um, so the next question from a student is, uh, what should students on placement who are missing time and therefore might have a knock-on effect on their dissertation? I'm assuming that's meant to end with do. <laughs> okay, um, so I think general advice first of all is, is to speak to your programme leader because they will understand the specific context of either a dissertation or, or where, where you are with placements. Um, at the moment, my understanding is obviously we've got um, ITE placements, so it's teacher training placements uh, for, for our students on, on a number of our teacher training awards or looking to become uh, teacher awards. Um, at the moment, the government has still not clarified and we still don't have clarification about um, placements, but we're seeking that um, this week. Last week, they, the government talked about placements only with regards to health and social care um, uh, teaching. Um, so it's to continue after the 9th of December and we are seeking that clarification from the Department for Education about ITE placements and whether they should be continuing after that point. But our position at the moment is we're assuming that they will continue but if they don't then obviously we'll be in contact with, with students. Depending upon that decision um, then obviously the programme leaders will sort of look at potential impact on dissertations or any other pieces of work which are related to the placement and then provide advice accordingly to the to, to those specific student groups but as I, I think the key thing is to talk to the program leaders because they will know the specific context um, around this uh, around the dissertation thank you um so my first question if that's okay is um so i'm aware that you um and other staff at the university are going to be looking at the quality of teaching and also um, you know students that have individual extenuating, extenuating circumstances can um, receive support 
but are there any plans um, for those students who are on a course that would argue that their teaching on their specific course has, you know, not been up to scratch and that they they would feel like they would need um, a safety net policy, you know, due to not being able to access remote learning um, when in a period of self-isolation and stuff like that? Okay, so um, uh, I, I would hope that the learning that we put in place, uh, the blended learning that we put in place, is of a high quality. Um, also, where um, you know, certainly moving to the remote learning that we're going to have to do from next week onward. Um, I say that has you know, we've, we've uh, foreseen that that is being planned. So again, that should be of high quality. I think there have been a, a few issues um, with. Um, students who have had to isolate either for a relatively short period of time, such as um, waiting to receive a test and then they get tested negatively and then they um, has a negative test and then they can come into classes after three or four, back into classes after three or four days. Other students who either had a positive test or have been in close contact with a positive um, uh, student, um, tested student, then they've had to isolate for 10 or 14 days. Uh, we have um, tried to uh, enable those students to, as it were, beam into um, uh, the the in-person sessions uh, using technology. I know there was a few issues with once with some sessions with regards to the use of microphones in certain rooms, um, but we, we we would see that as a relatively short short-term situation, um, and we we would hope then that uh, tutors have provided support to to students to um, overcome that. I think in the first instance, um, it would be useful for any students who felt that there was an issue to, to speak to their program leader. So their program leader is aware and therefore we can again sort of see what we can do to make good that piece of work or make good that learning rather than sort of do a, bl a blanket um, safety net set of principles uh, for particular wards, which is not what we would be looking to do. I think we'd be looking to see how we can resolve the situation and, and provide sort of remedial learning if, if that was the actual case. But the first instance is really to talk to the programme leader, uh, talk about the issues and, and see what can be done at, at that sort of level. Thank you. And my final question is, um, one of the reasonings um, that you have mentioned for not implementing a safety net policy is that other institutions um, in the sector aren't doing it. So if there is suddenly, you know, um, a few institutions that have started to implement a safety net policy, is that something that you would then consider, um, a, you know, a bit more soon than you would have thought? Okay, um, so I think the university is um, is looking at its own its own position first of all, as 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 of you know that's that's why we're currently um, we're not just looking across so well nobody else is doing it so we're not doing it. I think there's more in terms of you know this is why we're not doing it because we've gone through this process of planning this is the as it were the new norm around blended learning um, and, and we're, we're supporting our students um, and because of um, looking across the sector because of other universities have gone through a, a sort of implementing things in the same way as, as, as we are, um, then that's that's probably why, why we're not seeing at the moment a whole uh, raft of, of safety net principles coming in. I can't speak for other universities. Um, clearly, the experiences at different universities has been different. If you cast your mind back you know, two or three months ago um, when students started moving in, 
um, to universities. There were some universities which had a, a, a very different start to the, the academic term compared to VGU um, in terms of suspected cases and students having to um, sort of do restrictions in halls and things like that. So um, we would look across the board if we started to identify that some other places are um, putting in safety net principles, we, we would need to understand is. So at the moment, I think we're fairly um, secure in thinking actually, no, we don't need the, the, the safety net principles. As I think it would be something more in terms of what the government may or may not decide to do about students returning after Christmas. Um, is there going to be a, a radically different type of approach that the government is expecting of universities, which then would perhaps um, uh, cause us to, to, to rethink. But at the moment, we are still planning for blended learning to happen um, uh, for semester two and after Christmas and for semester two. And that, that, that continues to be our, our, our planning at the moment. Thank you. Um, so that's all with questions, unless you've thought of any, Jordan? Uh, no, no, I think everything's been covered. I'm happy with what Rob said. That's brilliant. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to add, Rob? Um, just just really to, to reiterate and, and um, you know, it's, it's a thank you to all our tutors, and, but also our, our student community. Um, as I say, you know, looking at news reports, our news, I know news reports only present one side of the case, but obviously there are other universities where the, which perhaps look like a very different experience to to BGU. I think um, all colleagues have been impressed with just the way our learning community has, has, has taken this in their stride, um, you know, turning up to in-person sessions, um, getting on with their studies. I think that's a, a real testament to the community and, 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 to, and, to, our, and to our students. So, um, you know, this, as I think as we said at the start and of, the, of the academic year, and you know, the, the, the web page talks about working together. Um, I think there is a real sense that we've been working together we, we will get through this and you know actually um, we, we are we are managing the situation for the benefit of our, our student body so yes we're about to go into a slightly different phase for the next few weeks before Christmas but that's really to enable students to then um, be where they want to be over the, over the Christmas vacation um, but again that that remote learning will continue will continue to be supported and, and to enable everybody to be successful in their studies. Thank you. Um, so we'll end there. So thank you for joining us, Rob. Um, if there are any issues concerning you, whether it's university life or academic strife, we're here to talk about it. Simply email us at su at bishopg.ac.uk. And thank you for joining myself and Jordan. We hope that you join us next time. <laughs>